0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, thanks so much for being here today. I'm really grateful that you're here and for those of you joining us online, want to say hey to you too. Thanks for being with us. It's great to hear the word of God over the internet. But if you ever have a chance to be here with us in person, I highly encourage you to do so cuz this is the place to be. And I'm excited today because we're going to get to hear the word from Mr. Kerry Sims. And those of you who have heard him before know that we're in for a, a treat here. If you've never heard him before, you're going to be blessed today. This is a mighty man of God. He's been a part of this church for a really long time. <laughs> How long has it been? You've been here since almost the beginning of our church, and the church is almost... Thir- yep. So you've been here over 10 years. Come on up here, man. Let me pray for you. I know this, this man's got a word. He hears from God. Um, he doesn't call himself a prophet, but he gets prophetic words very often, and I really appreciate whenever he shares those with me, and I think he might share one with you today. I don't know. I'm not going to put the pressure on you to do that, but <laughs> but Lord, we, we bless Kerry right now, and we ask that you fill him with wisdom and with courage to say exactly what you need him to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Josh, you got that box of books. Before I get started... Um, did anybody not make it to the men's meeting yesterday that would like the book and what we're going to be going over in future men's meetings? If you do, Josh, can you hand that to him? Just raise your hand and he'll bring it by to you. There's one over here, Josh, one back there. Uh, you guys, I'm here today to encourage, strengthen, edify, exhort comfort, and encourage you to listen to the voice of God for you. Not not for Carrie, not from Carrie, but for you. And today I'm calling this, can you hear me now? Hello? Can you hear me now? And, you know, it's kind of funny how God works sometimes. If you sit back and you really think about it, how he kind of orchestrates everything and things end up happening, we play a part in that because we hear his voice if we're being obedient. Well, today, um, man, you guys, I got blown away uh, because what came today was a man that, and a woman that influenced my mom and dad's life and my life to the point that it had a huge ripple effect. Hundreds of teens have been impacted. Hundreds of children have been impacted. Hundreds of adults have been impacted. Um, because of this man's obedience to hear the voice of God to what he was called to do. He was from Living Word Church in Nowata, Oklahoma. Little Nowata. Yes, God can use little Nowata to reach the world. Amen? Just like he can reach Owasso. Pastor Jim, would you please come up here just for a minute, please? I'm not going to. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, I know. Pastor Jim is retired. He's enjoying his grandchildren. They lived in Branson for a long time, moved here. Come up here. This man took, uh, oh, I love you too. This man took a big leap of faith in the 80s. There was Carrie that you know now, and there was a Carrie from the 80s. uh. uh Big difference, I'll just tell you that. Big transformation. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But Pastor Jim was the first church I ever spoke from behind the pulpit. Uh, he took, took a chance. I'm telling you, he took a chance. Because there's no, you know me now. Imagine uh, back then when I wasn't quite as tame. Uh, so wow. he took a big chance and uh, by him... Being obedient, Living Word Church in Nowata now is thriving. Um, He, uh, uh, at the same time, impacted my parents significantly, who impacted me. I've been able to impact my grandchildren. Their children will be impacted. There's so many that have been impacted, and you need to hear that God's not done using you as an impact tool. He's got some other things for you to do. Be obedient and follow that.
0: Amen.
1: And, and have fun on your ride. I love Amen. you. Love Amen. you. Sorry, I just wanted to introduce him because what that, what, what that was is a perfect illustration of what I want to talk to you about today. Um, I got one other one I want to talk to you about, and that is about my dad. My dad was an old... Uh, <laughs> He's a jack-of-all-trades if you really want to know the truth. But way back, he lived in California, and he was an electrical, mechanical-type brain process. Uh, he worked in radar in the uh, military. Um, he went and wanted to move to California. He had a little bit of acting blood in him. Wonder where I get some of mine from. Uh, he he uh, went there, and because he didn't have a degree, he was at American Aviation. But American Aviation saw what was in him. And they wanted to use him to help fix some problems that they were having within that company. The problem is, is a lot of the title people didn't like that. And God began to move on his heart and he wondered, why would I move to Oklahoma? Because it, people from California, if you know them, they, they love California. Um, they have a little bit of a different mindset than we do. We're kind of like Mayberry. <laughs> okay? Um, and, and he went ahead and listened and moved to Oklahoma. Because he moved to Oklahoma, he impacted my mom's life. Because my dad had died. My dad met, I call him Dad, Jim. Jim had met my mom. They ended up getting married. And at the time, I was a very, very difficult, difficult, I mean, difficult teen. Uh, You know, you hear about driving backwards on Main Street, that was me. Okay. Um, So he had all the patience in the world with me. And when I saw the patience he had, it started to impact me. Because it was like he didn't nag on me. He didn't ridicule me he loved me and he loved me unconditionally I mean one time I got a little sauced decided I was going to help a friend burn his car for insurance so I took a big old thing of gasoline poured it inside the car pulled it all over the top of the car like yeah and as soon as I went it went and engulfed me I just ran across the field Rolled, kept on going the whole time. The house owner, who was a doctor, saw me do everything. I go over to one of my friend's house. I get in the shower. My skin goes, as soon as I got out of the shower. And I mean, I was hurting and crying. So Joe called my dad. My dad comes over, knocks on the door, looks at me, says, come on. I got in the truck. He took me over to the doctor's house that watched all this happen. And the doctor treated me, and I was out of school for a week or two. But that's an example of the love that this man had for me, that he put up with from me. And because he did that, I I got a picture of what the Heavenly Father looks like. And see, we're adopted. Are anybody in here Jew? Jewish? Well, we're adopted. Well, see, I was adopted by that man. He gave me a picture of that. It gave me a picture of the unconditional love that the Heavenly Father has. And it showed me how to love my wife, how to love my children. And it's impacted me, my wife, our children, and grandchildren. Because he listened to that still, small voice. Oklahoma. <laughs> you sure about that? I mean, have you ever had that thing that comes to you and you go, huh? Huh? really? You sure? Come on now. We've all had it. So, you know, it has a ripple effect that can be positive. Yee-haw. Or it can be negative. How many times has something happened in your life and before it happened, you was like, oh man, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. You heard that, but you didn't listen. Huh? Come on. We've all been there. Amen. Well, let me give you a little illustration of this. The story of Elijah, you know, he mocked the prophets, you know, told them, your God's sleeping, and gave them a hard time. They couldn't get the fire to light because there was a deal of, you know, which God was God. You light a fire, I light a fire. Which one of the world lights the fire, they're God's God. Well, after they couldn't get the fire done, you know, they'd cut themselves, jumped around, did everything they needed to do, then what happened? Elijah gets up, says, "Pour a big old bucket of water on that fire." Poured water on a fire. No, no. Let's let's pour another one. No, three times he poured water on that fire. And then what did he do? Called down, boom, barbecue prophet. Okay, I mean that, that was all it took. Okay, barbecue bail prophet. Excuse me, I'll make that correct there. Um, so, you know, let's read in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. What you find is, after all this had happened, how many of you guys have had victories in your life? Yeah? Yeah. How many times have you ran against a wall and you just kind of blinked on the victories? Watch this. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now, that's a perfect illustration of what we're talking about by the still small voice. Is that it? Nope. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I mean, hello, can you hear me? Elijah had just had all these victories and he found himself being intimidated by a bullying spirit, Jezebel. And he runs and he hides in a cave. Mighty man of God. All of these things. And then what happens? The bullying spirit comes along. How many knows there's a bullying spirit in the world today? Trying to get you to shut it. Can't say the other word because there's kids in here, and I got in trouble last time I did that. <laughs> so, to be quiet. Let's go um, to the verse that's going to answer our question, can today's Christians hear the voice of God? Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I mean, right there's something in writing for you. Let's go to John 10, 2 through 5. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will not by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, when you stop and think about that, when we're out of fellowship with God, and we're not, you know what I'm saying, you get into those ruts in life, and you're not in fellowship with God, you can't hear his voice like you need to hear it. You know, the voice brings comfort and security. Sheep are not the most cunning animals in the world. Okay? Now, especially when it comes to safety. Okay? So if you're a sheep and you're not tuned into safety, who do you kind of rely on? Huh? Shepherd. There you go. They tend to wander away. You you know, when when they graze, one sheep will go away and the shepherd goes after it, just for one, and restores it to the flock, right? Now, there's a couple other things about sheep I want to share with you. Bugs, nasty bugs, especially in the Middle East, get all over the sheep's head. What does the shepherd do? shepherd puts oil because what happens is if they don't put olive oil over their head, they go blind. Now, how many of you have been in situations and you just didn't see it? Is it possible you got some bugs in your life? What about water? The Bible refers to living water. In the Middle East, it, the sheep will stay in one place. When they eat, they'll eat until it's gone, and then they won't go anywhere else. So how many times, how do you even know the living water is what? What is living water? The Holy Spirit and the Word. Okay, so, you know, if you don't have the Word inside of you, you can get to the point of starvation, because, see, what happens is, is, uh, well, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to fellowship. Let's go to John, Joshua one eight. We need to meditate on the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now. Everybody say this after me. What I utter controls my rudder. Say it again. What I utter controls my rudder. Who can tell me what a rudder is? Anybody? Huh? Steering mechanism. On what? A boat. So that rudder controls where that boat goes, doesn't it? What you utter controls that rudder. Now, how many of you have got a spouse that watches her now? What? Quit mumbling. I can't hear you. Anybody got that? What are you, what are you, my question to you is, what are you uttering? Doubt. Unbelief. I'm such a loser. Or are you saying, you know what? I have the mind of Christ. I can do all the things through Christ, who strengthens me. This mechanical gizmo is not going to win over me. Hello? Ben? Please come help me. Boy, I'm glad I listen to the Holy Spirit so he can come over and help me. You know, if, you know it, uttering messes with your rudder. You don't want to go down the wrong road, do you? Okay. How? With a relationship. Next, Matthew 4.4. This is where I was trying to jump ahead. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth. Go ahead and put up that next slide for me. The Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to the word of God. For this reason, we must read and meditate on the Bible. We cannot agree with what we don't. You can't agree with something you don't know, amen? Okay, let's go to Romans 12, 1 through 2. Your mind has a voice. It's in your head, and it's got to be renewed, you guys. I'm going to read this one out of my Bible, if you don't mind. Give me just, can you hold that for me, brother? Romans 12, 1 through 2. Go ahead and turn it there so everybody can read along with me. Acts. What's after Acts? Yeah. <laughs> Romans twelve, one and two. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which your reasonable, able service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable acceptable, perfect will. Now, that word transformed is metamorpho. In the, is it Greek? In the Greek. It, it means uh, to completely change. So how can you change your mind? You got to meditate on that word day and night. He talks to the flesh in third person here too. So when you're, instead of uttering all that other stuff, and if you're not quite where the word needs to be, you can say, flesh, get under my feet. You're not going to do what you want to do. Amen? Your mind or your soul wants to act contrary to the spirit of God. It, It does. It wants to fight. So that's the importance of that. Now, let's go to Hebrews 4.12. This is one of my wife's favorite scriptures. I should have it memorized, but I don't. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. That right there, for instance, why divide the spirit and soul if they're the same? They're not the same. And we've got to be able to divide that. Now, one of the ways that, for me, is praise and worship. Praise and worship, praise steals the enemy. Amen? And then after you go through that part of the process, meditate on the word. Take your word, pull it out, pull it up on your phone if you need to, all you techies. Pull out your word. See, the reason I like the Bible is because you can take it and you can write in it. When you get an aha, how many... Okay, don't tell me it's an age thing, but how many... Because I had the mind of Christ. But how many times have you done that and then got a revelation and went two weeks later? What was that revelation? That's why you need your Bible, you guys. That's why you need to write stuff down when you get those ahas. You know, the light bulb goes on. Or did you see, uh, what was that show, Back to the Future? What, what happened every time the mad scientist got a brilliant idea? Huh? Ah, it's one of Marx. It was like, I get it. I get it. He had it inside of him. But when you get those things inside of you, you have to write them down. Don't forget to write them down. Because what that does is that gives you something to go back to, to refer to. Remember in my other sermon when I talked about remembering your past victories? That's one of the reasons that's so important. Now, let's, let's talk for a minute about the voice of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 19 through 20. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down with them, doubting nothing, For I have sent them. Now how many knows if you're hearing something in your head and you do what it says to do, there might be a little doubt there. But when you hear it in your heart, in your spirit, and you know, then you obey. Okay. John 16, 13 through 14. However, when he, the spirit of truth, truth is what? Freedom. When you get truth, you get free, right? The truth will set you free. Has come, he will guide you into all truth. There it is again. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Acts sixteen six through 7. Now, when they had gone through, I always get this wrong, figra, figri, whatever it is, in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mesia, Mysia Maesia, I don't know, they, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. It stopped them from going. How many times have you been getting ready to go somewhere and you just get this little check and it's like, I don't think I'm gonna go down 169 today. I think I'm gonna go down Highway 75. No, that's stupid. It takes 10 minutes longer. You get up on 169 and inevitably, what's there? Bumper to bumper, big rep, rubberneckers. I mean, they're all there. And if you would have just listened, you would have saved 10 minutes of your life and probably enjoyed it a whole lot more and not been near stressed out when you got to where you were going. I think that that's a lot of the reasons why we lose people today, because they don't listen to that voice. That's the kind of negative ripple effect that it can apply at people. If you're not listening, I, I, I personally, I know... Uh, there was a pastor before Pastor Jim that was in uh, Coffeyville. He died in a car wreck. But I know this guy, man. He was Holy Ghost-filled, Raymond graduate. And I can't help but wonder, did, did Pastor Boyce not listen to that voice? He was in the back seat of that truck and didn't have the seatbelt on. Yeah, the seatbelt could have contributed to it, but maybe the Holy Spirit would have just said, put your seatbelt on. I don't know I I don't know but I do believe personally now that I can't you know I I can tell you if you don't listen to the voice of God there's repercussions but but I can't tell you that's what that situation was but you probably had repercussions in your life because you didn't listen I can tell you one in mine. I was y'all that have been here a while know about my back incident Pretty well put me down. Well, it put me down. In the hospital, nine-day drug-induced coma. It was horrible. Um, Before that surgery, I wanted to play golf so bad. I wanted to golf. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and not hurt. Now, I had Mark, who I've allowed into my life, I call him Stinky. Everybody knows why. He's like a big piece of Swiss cheese. He's got holes in him everywhere, just like I do. puts his pants on every day, just like you do. But he's a mighty man of God. Mark was like, mm. Sandy was, mm. me, mm. you know. It's kind of like uh, America's Got Talent. Eh. X, don't do it. Eh. I had four exes. I had Mark, Sandy, me, and the Holy Spirit all going eh. But I went in and did it anyway. Because I wanted to golf. And then what happened? A mess. A repercussion. Now, as God and I, I told you so, God. Nah, he just picked me up and we moved on from where today I'm fine. I got a few issues and I'm working through those and I won't have them before too long. Amen. I, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Amen. Um, let's, let's go to James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit, so faith without works is dead also. What, what we have here is you hear that voice, and then you don't do anything. Anybody ever get analysis paralysis? Okay, you thinkers. You thinkers, not the ones that shoot from the hip. Not the ones, whew, let's just go here. Mark and Gina, I ain't setting no schedule. We're on vacation. We're going to do whatever comes up. Man, it took it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts because I was such a planner. But once I figured that little aha out, and the whole time before they even brought it up, my wife is that way. So we constantly, and I finally learned to drive to church. I'm just going to church. She shows up, okay. You know, I'm going. And she, then you know, then she'll come. It's like, but then there's no stress, there's, there's no strife, there's no fighting. you know, How many knows the devil likes to come in before church and mess with your head? Inevitably, your kid poops their drawers. One throws up. The other one is not being the right kind of kid. Inevitably, every time, one of those things or all of them. Happen and then what happens you come to church and it takes you all the way through praise and worship All the way to about middle of the sermon and then you start clicking in and then it's kind of like What was that sermon about? So you kind of just blew an hour and a half of what you could have spent with God How many want to try and avoid that? Amen I mean come on I'm Don't look at me that way I'm not talking to you. This is what the Holy Ghost told me to write down and say. So I'm not using you as an example to have all the kids. Don't take it personally. Just kinda, okay? Um, Once you hear, take a stand. Instantly obey. That's where you need to get yourself to the point, is where you can instantly obey. When you start getting the analysis paralysis, or you start thinking about it, or start going against it, that's when you have problems. Just instantly obey. See it for what it is. First of all, if it is an attack, see it for what it is and just... Pff. Was it Lester Summerall or Kenneth Hagen that had the devil himself standing at the end of the bed? Rolled over in bed. Was it who? Was it Kenneth Hagen? I thought it was Lester. It's, it's Lester. Kenneth told... Kenneth told Lester's story. Yeah, Yeah, is what he did. Because that was in a book that Lester Summerall wrote that I read. But anyway, Lester rolled over in the bed and said, oh, it's you. Turned around, went back to sleep. How many would like to get to that point in life? Where the things come against you and you look at it and go, go away. And just move on. Yeah. Cade's pretty good at that and a lot of things, but I know he has battles just like everybody else. I mean, he has, he has to fight that. What about, uh, first Corinthians 16, 13. Did I read it? Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Pay attention to that. Watch, stand fast. Now let's go to the next group. Ephesians six thirteen. therefore, Take up the whole armor of God. Does it say one piece? The whole armor. That you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all. Stand. One more time. Having done all. Stand. So, you know, sometimes you get those words and it just comes to the point. You hear that voice. You take action. Nothing's happening. What do you do? Stand. Everybody say this. Do what you know to do. Do what you know to do. do, what you know to do. When, when, when you don't know and you've done all of those things, what do you do? You stand. You don't fight that. Interesting thing about armor, you stand and face it. Is there one piece of armor that addresses the back of the body? Is there? Is there one I don't know of? So does that mean you're supposed to be chicken and turn your back and run? No, the armor of God is for you to stand and be firm in what you know by meditating and what you've heard. How's faith come? Hearing. Does it say it once? How many times? over and over and over and over. So you meditate on that word over and over and over, and faith starts to rise up in you, and you praise. Praise is still in that enemy. And then the next thing you know, you decide, I hear a voice, and I know that's the voice. So then you stand. When you stand and you know you've stood on that voice that's in you, then you're cool, okay? Now, what about... Did we go over the, yeah, we went over the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I can tell you, did I go over the uh, paragraph after Acts? Let's go over that real quick. I'm kind of, I kind of jumped ahead, so I'm going to go back, hit the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a reliable guide. It is more pronounced and carries more authority when heard. We always have the witness of the Holy Spirit as believers. We train ourselves to listen to our spirits. And we make ourselves available to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But we do not control the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I've learned by nature because of my dad, I'm an exhorter. I mean, it just flows out of me. I I love texting people during the week. I love calling them. I love doing that randomly. And then I try and listen. You know, so and so might need some encouragement this week, so I'll give them, throw them a little text. But then there's those ones where it's like, stop, authoritative. I'm telling you, you need to do this. That's when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. When, when you do that and you get that and you're obedient, What happens is after you're obedient, your spirit leaps. In other words, you you know, you know inside of you, wow, that made a difference. We were talking about that in our small group the other day. It's like, you know, how do I know I'm supposed to do that? Well, after you do it, did your spirit leap? And, And the same goes for the receiver. The receiver, you know, did your spirit leap when you were given that word? If that spirit leaps when you were given that word, Then it's like, yeah, okay, cool. I can, I can, I got a witness. I can relate. If it doesn't, what do you do? Oh, that was sweet. Put it on a burner. Maybe I miss God. Maybe I'm not hearing God. So I'll just put it over here for now. Okay. I mean, let's get real. How many knows there's a lot of granola Christians. You know what that is, Ben? That's a nut, a fruit and a flake. So there are granola Christians out there. Okay. And, you know, you, you, that's what, that's part of what the Holy Spirit is. The discerning, we talked about discerning earlier. When you get that check, it's like when the back of your hair stands up on your neck, it's for a reason. Okay. You got to kind of train yourself to hear and obey. Now, what happens after you do all of these things? The local church, has an impact and then it goes from impact at the local church to an impact in your city then your region then your state then your nation then the world you say come on yeah how do you think all these revivals start grassroots politics ripped that off from us grassroots the, con- the 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 moves in the constitution all the things that happened in those time were grassroots grassroots so that's where we start by hearing listening and obeying now when you when you do that a part of that is finding your place in the body of Christ to run your race find your place to run your race that'll be easy to remember find your place and run your race okay now Why is that so important? How many fingers I got? If I take this away, am I as functionable as I was? Can I give a thumbs up to somebody? (laughs) It's it's a little rough, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, What about uh, opening a can of peanut peanut butter and I don't have a hand, hand over here? Try to open a peanut butter with one hand. Try it. I use this in a safety illustration for my work. Um, You know, how, how hard it would be if you didn't have your eyes to get around and to see. Every piece of the body is important. Listen, you guys, Mason and Brian, there is no way in the world I could do what you do. No way. So you've stepped out, you've been obedient, and it allows me to do what I do. I couldn't do it. Everybody's got those gifts with inside them that they need to listen for giving. You might be called to be a giver. My wife, oh, you guys. Okay. Look, I'm an administrator. That's one of my things is I, I administrate, I organize, I, I figure things out, tally date. I watch numbers. I, that's my thing. My wife, the giver, I think we're just going to give that away to somebody. I'm like,
0: "Ah."
1: (laughs) but our numbers, you know, uh, Mark, the, the whole young clan, the whole young clan are givers. I mean, watch them. It's a gift. When you see that kind of stuff, I mean, you need to recognize it. Those things are important. I'm telling you, they're not dirty diaper changers. They're world-impacting influencers. They're going to change future generations by what they do. Thank you for cleaning the floors, for mopping, and for ugh, cleaning those men' toilets. <laughs> Guys, come on. Get a name. I mean, you know, please. I mean, all, all of those things are needed for everything the front door somebody walks in the front door you need the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost that voice that I'm talking to you about it's critical it's critical because you're standing at that front door and then the next thing you know somebody's walking up and it drops in your heart man that dude's wife left him yesterday just love him and encourage him versus hey What's up? Welcome. <laughs> you know, you need to go in there prepared and ready. Now, when I was doing this message, I was like, and, and the small group tr- kept trying to rip a lot of it off, off from me. <laughs> we were in the small group. I kept saying, no, I'll just tell you Sunday. I'll just tell you Sunday. Where's Michelle? My, She just went out. Okay, Mr. Dover, this, this. You can, it's on tape. She can see it later. But this is part of what I think helps applies to you guys as well. This is a word that the Holy Spirit gave me, and I wrote it down. Okay, so I want you to listen to this. And you can watch again on tape, because there's a lot of things that I think God's trying to reveal to us from this. In spiritual events and physical events, there's often a delay. The winds of change came recently. We, we heard that in a previous discussion, right? The winds of change were here. The turn has been completed. Watch the hand of God begin to be manifested to the human eye by the end of August. The scales will shift to a new era. This will be evident and undeniable by December. This includes the tipping of financial scales for it is the year of jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee, for you guys that know, when they talk about years, it's not January to December. It comes up September 6th, I believe, if I remember right, is the end of year of Jubilee. Many men will be knocked to their knees. But fear not, my children, for 2021 is the year of the Lord's favor. I have always stressed the importance of preparation throughout time. Those who have prepared will reap the harvest. It is important to listen and be a producer. This is much bigger than any man. I'm shaking the church to the core, separating the wheat from the chaff. Truth is prevailing, and many will be exposed. I am beginning with those who claim to know me in the church. Many will shock men, but do not be surprised. Look to me, not man. Listen and run the race I have set before you. Look not to your side, knit lock to the front or the back. Keep your eyes fixed as I have called you, and I will accomplish many things you thought would never be possible. Goliath will fall, for I am the Lord God, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Now, you can take that and you can judge it. Okay? You don't know how hard this is. I know I heard that voice, and I got it immediately and put it down. Sometimes it's real hard to take that step out and do it. Okay? So I understand when you say, yeah, but. That's a big but. Excuse the pun. But it is. It's a big but. You don't need no butts in your life. You need ears to hear and eyes to see. And then you need to be quick to obey. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Everybody bow your heads. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the word that you gave for this day and this hour for this church. And Father, right now, I just give you all the glory for all the things that are going to happen in these people's lives. I thank you for truth and freedom, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Now, while all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if there's anybody here... That isn't saved, that hasn't made Jesus the Lord of their life. That's the way you hear what I'm talking about today. If you have not done that, and you want to know how to hear that voice, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody? You want want to hear God's voice, baby? That's all right. Come on up here. Have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? No, not really. Would you like to ask Jesus into your heart so you know? Also, what you got to do is say, Jesus.
0: Say, Jesus. Jesus.
1: Come into my heart.
0: Come into my heart.
1: Thank you for forgiving me.
0: Thank you for forgiving me. Change me. Change me.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: Now I'm free. Now I'm free. You don't have to You don't have to wonder anymore. baby. You know you're going to hear God's voice, okay? All right, all right. Thank you, sweetheart. What's her name? That's Avery? Avery? Avery. Avery. Mm. Jesus loves you, baby. Wow. Well, get up here. What you got? Mm-mm. No, no, not yet. Okay. Did you want to ask Jesus to your heart? You did? You want to know Jesus is coming into your heart? Yeah? You want? Okay, look, really, it's not so much that as it is just asking Jesus to be your Lord. In other words, you're going to obey him, and you're going to do what he says to do. Does the Bible say obey your parents and the Lord? Guess what happens when you do that? It promises you a long, long life. Would you like to live a long time? Well, that's a promise in the Bible. Would you like that? Well, come on. Let's pray. Do we got another one? Two more. Come on. Come on. This is kids day. Future generation day. Come on. Okay. I'm, I want you all to do this. We're, we're, I, you just need to repeat what I say and then start doing what you know to do. And that means you just got to learn the word. You got to go to children's church. You got to listen to your mom and dad. Okay. All right. So say Father. Father. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: For being my Lord.
0: For being my Lord. I ask you. I ask you.
1: To change me.
0: To change me. Forgive me. Forgive me.
1: And set me free.
0: And set me free.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: For freedom. For freedom. Amen. Amen. All right. Give me hey, right here. Come on, I can give you 5 cuz I got my hand. Is that cool? Yeah, thank you guys. You can go sit down. Wow, that's cool. That was unexpected. (laughs) What's God do when you listen? He shows up, up, doesn't he? (laughs) Well, that's cool. Um, The only other thing I felt like to reach out to you guys today and say this if you're having a hard time hearing that voice, you know you're a Christian. You know you've been saved. You know you're, you, you know but you're having a hard time hearing that voice, I want you to encourage you to do the things we talked about today, to praise, to worship. But guys, I'm going to tell you right now, it just will not work without this. It won't work. It's not some kind of weird formula where you can go A, B, and C equals D. What you got to do is you got to do what you're told to do. Meditate praise stills the enemy, worship, and then what? Everybody say shut it. Shut it. it. You know, I was talking to Cade this past, sorry, I'm going to keep going. I, I was talking to Cade yesterday, and he said, man, I went away for those days to write that book, and I was pumped, ready to go. And then guess what? He told me just to sit. How many of you guys have a hard time just sitting? Come on now. You know, okay. I'm telling you right now, I'm one of them. Remember the checklist? To-do, 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 to-do. It's hard. But you got to take that time to just sit. Cade battled with that. He said, man, I thought I was done. And he said, nope, not done. So he's sitting at the lake. He said, then I got a revelation and I'll let him share whatever that revelation is if he wants to later. But it's like if he wouldn't have stopped and listened, he never would have got that word, which set him free, which allowed him to go back in with clarity of, and he could, and he could, so he could see how it works. It's not rocket science. You guys, we just make it hard. The flesh tries to make it hard there's a skit called flesh pet sometimes you just got to learn to put that pet down and put your foot on top of him and say no enough's enough whether it's eating whether it's drugs whether it's whatever you just got to stick your foot on its head and say stop amen okay i think that's it
0: (laughs) thank you carrie you're a blessing, man. Yeah, he's talking about hearing the voice of God, and I think the only thing that I would say to add on to what he said, which was all great, is that like you have to get to a place of yielding to where you don't approach God with what you want Him to say, but you say, God, whatever you want to say, like that's what I'm listening for, and everything changes whenever you do that. And like he said, whenever I went away to write the book, if you're here last week, you know about this, but I revealed my title of the book uh, last week. It's going to be called Jesus Ain't Woke, and it's going to be awesome. And so I blocked out a cabin for a few days so that I could get away and focus and write that. And the first day, Beth and I spent at the cabin uh, because it was our 14-year anniversary this past Wednesday. And so we stayed the night, Tuesday night. We're at the cabin Wednesday. We went and rented a boat on Skytook Lake. First time we've ever rented a boat before. I don't know how we made it this long and never did that. Dude, we were like kids out there on the lake. It was so much fun. The guys that was getting us on the boat, he's like, have you, have you driven a boat before? I was like, well, uh, no, no. I'm... I'm a- complete amateur. He's like, all right, let me tell you a few things. And he goes, oh, I couldn't even understand him. So I'm like, well, babe, here we go. (laughs) Nothing went bad. Uh, I was driving the boat. Beth wouldn't let me go fast. She's like, yeah, that's fast enough. I think we're going like 20 miles an hour. And, uh, she was afraid I'd flip the boat or something. I don't know. And so we're out cruising the lake. I was like, all right, babe, you can drive now. And I went and laid in the back of the boat and I'm closing my eyes before I know I'm like, man, it feels like we're going really fast. And, uh, She's up there full throttle, baby. We're going as fast as that boat will go. But I couldn't do it. She could, even though she had never driven a boat before either. (laughs) So the next day I go back to write at the cabin, and like Carrie said, I got there ready to write. Like, this has been stirring in my spirit for well over a year now, and, like, it's finally time to write this book. I sit down, I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit. And I determined before I got there, like, I am listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm not writing what Cade wants to write. I'm writing what God wants to write. So I, sit, I get quiet. Holy Spirit, what do you want? I want you to sit there. No. Like, I can't just sit here. Okay, okay, I'll sit here, I'll sit here. You know, 15 minutes goes by, and I'm like, are we done now? Like, can, can I open my laptop and start writing this book? No, I want you to sit there. And I'm working through all these feelings of, first of all, I feel guilty, because Beth is at home taking care of our four small kids, which is a hard thing, and I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'm producing Nothing. Because what my day looks like every day is I get up and I feed the kids breakfast like it's just go, 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 go. I work hard all day. I end at five. I go home and help Beth with the kids, and, and then we're dead, and we go to sleep, right? <laughs> because it was a full day. And so just to sit there and do nothing, I don't know how long it's been since I've done that. And an hour goes by, hour and a half. Are we done yet? No. Holy Spirit, we got to write this book. we only got so much time here. <laughs> And he's like, go down to the lake. The cabin I that had private lake access. So I walk down to the lake and I, I sit on the shore and I'm watching the waves. And he's like, get in there. And I'm like, oh, I don't like the lake. Like the lake water is gross. And Beth couldn't even get me in the water and we were on the boat. She's like, let's get out there and swim. I'm like, no, I don't know what's in that. Like I can't even see the bottom. I'm not swimming in the lake. And so I get out there and I sit in the lake enough to where it's kind of like over my waist. And so the waves are just kind of like washing over my legs. And I'm just sitting out there looking off into the trees trying to be quiet, trying to listen. And the Holy Spirit says, wave after wave of blessing is about to come into your life. Wave after wave after wave. he said, now look up in the sky. And I looked up, and I see three clouds. And they're kind of like the wispy clouds, like the sky was beautiful that day. And all three of them look like they're in the shape of an angel. And he's like, I know this message that you're about to deliver is going to bring... It could bring fear into your life of what people could say to you, what people could do to you. But my angels, I've given my angels charge over you to watch over you, and he's bringing these scriptures to mine, and these scriptures are in my spirit. And he's like, you'll be ready to write after lunch. So I went back to the cabin, I ate lunch, and I sat down, and I started to write my book. And then I came back the next day, and I only had the morning in the cabin because you know how Airbnbs work, you have to check out at 11. So I got about 25% of the way through the book, by, the t- by Friday at noon, and uh, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, I get up and I'm having my morning quiet time at home before our men's meeting yesterday, and I have this vision. And I'm in heaven, and I'm sitting just in front of a group. People, I, I couldn't even count how many people were there. And they're all looking at, at me and they're saying, thank you, we're here because of the book that you wrote. And God revealed to me that this book is going to be used to overcome. You know that scripture where Jesus says that many on Judgment Day will come to me and they'll say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name and we've done this in your name and this in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Get out of here. He said, this book is going to be for those people. They're going to church. They think they're a Christian, but they're not. Because they bought into woke Christianity, which isn't Christianity at all. And so this book is going out as salvation to these people. and you you, Because we we tend to think that salvation is only for those who are in really rough places in life. They don't go to church. They don't do any of that stuff. But there's a slew of people in church right now in the American church who will get to heaven if they don't read this book. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. And I don't want to let that happen. So that's the story of the book so far. (laughs) I'll continue to keep you updated. The the urgency is so... I'm just so urgent on the inside to get this book done and to get it out. So I'm doing the same thing this week. I'm blocking off from Wednesday to Friday, getting away to a cabin, and I'm going to write as the Holy Spirit leads me to write. Cade would like to get it done, like I'd like to set a deadline and say, we're going to be done by Friday, but, you know, I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit and do this how He wants to do it. So I would... Really appreciate you guys if you just pray into this, because this isn't, uh, this isn't my book. This isn't something that I'm trying to do to, to be popular. This is something that I, I want to save people. I, eternity is all that matters. I don't want anybody going to hell. I don't want anybody believing that they're a Christian because they go to church. I want them to truly know Jesus, to truly give their life to Jesus, not just to see him as their Savior, but as their Lord and to follow him. That's what I want to see, and that's what this book is going to accomplish. Amen? Amen. Good stuff. Where do we go from here, right? (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in great awe and wonder. I knew there was something else you wanted me to do, and now you just reminded me. Thank you. See, stop thinking sometimes, right? And the Holy Spirit will hear his voice. So I had a dream. You can go ahead and keep your eyes closed, because I want you to envision this dream. This was a couple weeks ago, and Beth and the kids and I, we were on an adventure, and we were traveling through the countryside. It was beautiful, lush, rolling hills, and we were traveling down this windy, narrow road on our bikes, and we were headed to a destination we were all excited about. And at first, I didn't see a problem with my kids riding their own bikes, because in the dream, they're the same age they are now. They're five, three, and two, and, and then suddenly, I noticed a danger. They didn't even know how to ride bikes. So I turned around to check on them, and Riley and Adeline, they had fallen behind, as you would expect of a two- and three-year-old, but when I got to them, they were just fine, having the time of their life, trying to figure out how to ride this bike. And the dream shifts, and almost like another dream, I'm by myself in the forest, and I'm headed back to my family, and it was an enjoyable walk, and I was looking forward to being with them again, and I noticed something dead ahead of me, and at first I think it's an animal And as I get closer, I realize it's an Indian chief, headdress and everything. And I look around and I see dead Indian chiefs all around me. And then I turn around and I see a group of shirtless Indian savages coming my way. And seeing that I'm way outnumbered, I just surrender and I try to explain. I'm just on my way back to my family. I had nothing to do with the death of these Indian chiefs and I expect them to come up and capture me. But instead, one of the savages, they come up and they embrace me. And his skin was just clammy, and it kind of grosses me out. And I sit there, and I try to talk to him and see, try to figure out what's going on, but there's a language barrier. But all I know is they're just thankful that I'm there. And then I woke up. I sent the dream to a few people for the interpretation. We didn't quite get there, and and I knew. Just like Kerry was talking about, it's like they said some good things, but just put it on a shelf. I was like, that's good, but I don't think that's quite it. And then yesterday, after men's meeting, Carrie says, you need to ask somebody who's out of our circle of influence about this dream. He's like, it's bugging me. You need the interpretation of this. Immediately, I knew who I needed to ask. The person just kind of like flashed before my face, so I sent it to him. And it's the pastor of the church that meets here on Friday nights. His name's Jay Hoskins. I was like, hey, man, do you care if I share a dream with you? He's like, go for it. He read it, and then he's like, okay, you got to call me. I got the interpretation right whenever I read it. And so I call him, and he gives me the interpretation, and he says, so the dream starts where I am right now in life. The winding road represents my specific path in life, and the beautiful scenery represents the prosperity that me and my family are going to experience along the way. And the kids in my dream are symbolic of those who are called to travel this path with me. And oftentimes they're not going to know how to do what we're supposed to do, and I'll need to shepherd them, but even when they fall behind, I'm going to find them not distressed, but having a good time as they try to figure it out and catch up. And the Indian chiefs represent religious strongholds. The Indian savages represent those who are fresh out of religious bondage. And they're thankful to me because I played a part in setting them free by being obedient to the path that God has called me to. Another thing he said, he's like, this could also be literal. Like you may be going on to the mission field at some point in your life to the Indian people to help break them free from religious bondage and lead them to Jesus. And I wanted to share that dream with you to tell you that if you choose to be a part of this church, like you're on that path with me and we're going to have a good time down the path, but I want you to be confident that you're called to that path with me. And I know that there's, there's already been people recently that have discovered that they're not called to this path and that's okay because we all need to get where we're supposed to go. We all need to get plugged into the body where we're supposed to be. So, I want you to know if you're like, Kate, hey, I'm, I'm not clicking with this. I, I can't be on this path. I don't want you to waste your time, like, staying here because you feel like you're going to hurt my feelings if you leave or something like that. Like, just come talk to me, and I would love to help you find the place where you're supposed to be. But if you love, if, you, if you're going down this path with me, I want you to go down this path with me. And this isn't me just saying, like, I'm not trying to build myself up as a leader. I'm just telling you guys that God calls leaders. He chooses who they are. And I don't know why he chose me. You guys know the scriptures say that he calls, he chooses the foolish things of the world. And that's very accurate. Like that's what he's done here. But I can tell you that I'm going to take my leadership responsibility very seriously. And I'm going to walk it out exactly as God wants me to. And I'm thankful that you guys are part. And I want you to know we're going to enjoy prosperity along the way. And this isn't a worldly kind of prosperity. This is a godly kind of prosperity because he wants to surround you with grace and favor and goodness and mercy. He wants his kingdom to be here on the earth. God, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the way we're going to live. And that's the way we're going to walk this out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. And I just speak over every person in this room that they'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly than they've ever heard him before. Thank you, Lord, that we've, we can learn how to quiet our minds and hear from you because we need your direction in our lives. We don't do it very good by ourselves. We need you to show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, if you uh, are wanting to give today and you're given by cash or check, just raise your hand and one of our ush- ushers will bring you an offering envelope. You can always give online anytime at nolimits.fyi. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type No limits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.